and welcome back to another episode of the realm of unknown podcast if you guys are new and joining us for the very first time we are a paranormal and supernatural podcast that pretty much talks about all sorts of spooky and just strange stuff out there in the world and uh, lately we've been having a bit of a trend for haunted and essentially abandoned locations up here in the northeast slash like east coast area of the united states and i am continuing that trend today um i'm also gosh i keep forgetting my, my name's shane i'm your host I, I have not been mentioning that the last several episodes and i'm like i feel like people might be curious but yeah so we are talking about something interesting today it's essentially an entire town of haunted stories and rumors rather than a set location like we've normally talked about in the past but before we begin, I do have a few uh, quick announcements for you guys in relation to Realm of Unknown. First off, if you are following us over on social media, you are probably aware that we have been updating stuff over on YouTube a bit more consistently. So if you are someone who listens to the podcast primarily over there for that platform, good news. Uh, we I believe we're up to episode like 40 four or something so only like maybe 10 episodes behind at this point obviously it's in a video format but it's primarily audio and also over on the general website there has been a bit of a design overhaul when it comes to how the website actually looks and functions and also for the articles themselves they have i believe been caught up to at the time of recording this constitution hall, constitution hall constitution road or drive goodness i'm forgetting everything which i believe is episode like 51 or 52 if i'm not mistaken so it's only like maybe a few weeks behind at this point and it'll probably catch up by the time this gets released and like that week of release essentially so if you are interested in essentially reading over the articles i, I call them articles they're essentially my scripts and notes that have been compiled into a more readable format so to speak and those are all over there. If you want to check it out, it's realmofunknown.com. There's also links to, you know, all the social medias from that point, as well as a quick, quick synopsis and a way for you to contact me directly if you have any stories or anything uh, that you want to reach out about. Additionally, the last final point is the Patreon. If you guys are interested in supporting the podcast, we do have the Patreon. That's realm of unknown forward slash, or my gosh, I'm doing it in reverse. It's Patreon dot com slash realm of unknown and we have a one three and five dollar tier list over there for bonus episodes series monthly polls and behind the scenes content if you are not up to date with what's going on every single week you get a new episode like this but there's also another 15 at least minute uh, bonus series over on the patreon that gets released the same day now that is more in relation to weird and bizarre stuff that is currently ongoing so any strange news weird sightings updates in like the cryptozoology world or the ufo world 
all that sort of good stuff we discuss over there on the Patreon. And that is exclusive to all tiers, so one through five or whatever you decide to do. And uh, if you are interested, again, the Patreon is Realm of Unknown. Now, without further ado, we shall get into today's story. Today, we are talking about Helltown. And Helltown is an abandoned small town that's located in essentially the middle of Ohio. And the location is pretty much teeming with crybaby bridges, haunted school buses, supposed mass human sacrifice sites, and even mutant animals. There is a lot. Although, there is some weird speculation when it comes to the town itself that we will talk about towards the end. We're going to actually talk about the town itself as a whole, as a structure, as a town, and a settlement before, during, and how it sort of became what it's known today as Helltown. So the town, again known as Helltown, is formally known as Boston, Ohio, or Boston Village, due to the size of the settlement. It goes by a few sort of names, I believe it's also in Boston Township, it's just that area of Ohio. However, when it comes to this story, I am going to pretty much exclusively call it Helltown to sort of avoid some confusion with just calling it Boston and people maybe if they're hopping in at random times may not know that we're not talking about Massachusetts. So Helltown was founded in 1806 again originally named Boston or Boston Village and originally the settlement's claim to fame was that it stood as the oldest village in Summit County Ohio which is you know good for them. The construction of the Ohio and Erie Canal during the mid-1820s brought a lot of people into the region. There were a lot of mills that were going up at that time for textiles and other industries, and it was bringing a lot of, you know, industrial people and craftsmen into that area and sort of building out the, the town itself and the settlement itself into what it essentially became for a good while. The area then continued to flourish as a railroad station was constructed into the town. And from there, it just, you know, throughout the the 1800s, it just became like a big industrial haven, essentially, for that area, at least. And for the most part, you know, Helltown remained rather uneventful for the next, like, two centuries or so. Really nothing too eventful happened from its creation, aside from, I guess, more mills popping up. But aside from that, nothing really happened. However, this was until 1974. At this point in time, the nation of the United States was having a lot of growing anxiety in relation to disappearing forest land and just you know, nature in general, there was a lot of sort of encroachment into certain areas and a lot of people were kind of done with it and wanted to sort of maintain a lot of these locations as national parks. And uh, during this time, uh, it was very, very prevalent and it actually reached the borders of what is Helltown. So this was such a issue that the then president, uh, Gerald Ford, actually utilized eminent domain in a lot of regions across the United States and Helltown and Boston Township was no exception to this. He essentially gave the National Park Service, you know, full jurisdiction to sort of convert land that they deemed to be, you know, I don't know, cr critical or necessary to convert back into a national park and they just gave them 
a lot of power for, you know, it, it kicked a lot of people out of their homes. Eminent Domain is, if you're not familiar with it, or not from the United States, or have a country that utilizes that, it's essentially a means for the government to seize land for various purposes. A lot, a very prominent example is for, like, interstate highways and seizing up ro uh, houses. They might utilize that space for an extension or extra lanes, etc. They do check technically pay for the house they don't just take it take it but from what i can understand it's generally not at market value from what i can understand I, and then don't quote me on that i'm not going to say i'm an expert on that but from what i've seen from past stories you get some cash but it's not what you are technically owed for the land and this was happening to boston township and due to this new law, this new bill being put into motion, on December 27th of 1974, hundreds of acres of Ohio, including the land that was Boston Township, or is still technically Boston Township, were officially designated as a national recreation area. The Park Services decided that Boston Township would be the new home of the... I'm going to completely pronounce this wrong. The... Cuyahoe Valley National Park and the beginning of the process was again buying up the properties and the homes of the residents that were there for however long this settlement was there. The new encampment was established and all of the displaced residents and families were sort of put there for temporary reasons or just you know new homes until they find something new. They expressed their frustrations however with the messages that they scribbled on the walls of these new homes one in which actually read, now we know how the Indians felt, which, take that as you want. The newly emptied homes were all pretty bo pretty much boarded up at this time, so these were the old residence homes, the homes that were there already. It essentially looks as though they were just completely abandoned and no trespassing signs were put up pretty much all over the place. However, the government never really went through with their plans in you know, their hopes of converting it into a national park. A Helltown very quickly became, you know, neglected with all the boarded up homes remaining abandoned for years and years and years. And the settlement of Helltown felt as though, you know, everyone simply just vanished one day. And this sort of almost apocalyptic feel to it led to a plethora of urban legends and stories that were developed well over the years and into modern time and those are the stories that we're going to be talking about today so there is you know many legends and many myths but there's not a soul that lives within Helltown proper there are some stories that you'll see out there that say that people were but no they, they no actual legal resident was living there if people were there they were either squatting or just hanging out or camping but there's still remnants of the life that these people once had that were left behind this includes an abandoned school bus that's out in front of a uh, person's house there's an old church in the center of town there was a slaughterhouse slash barn and a graveyard which is still filled with a lot of graves the town itself is surrounded by a lot of dangerous roads that seemingly lead to nowhere, and we'll talk about that in a bit. And within a few years, the, you know, apocalyptic feel sort of encroached in on the town as nature sort of took back a lot of what was there. 
And I'll share a lot of the photos of this over on social media for Instagram and Twitter, as well as the Patreon for you guys if you are curious to check it out. Because it's pretty interesting. So first off, I want to talk about the Satanic Church, quote-unquote. This is the abandoned church that's located in the center of town and is said that, you know, by many people, quote-unquote, to be the area of worship by many people worshiping the devil. Now, reports of mutilated animals and sort of carcasses are seen throughout the area, and satanic symbols are reportedly drawn and graffitied and vandalized all over the town. And the epicenter of this, again, is the small white church in the center of town called the Mother of Sorrows. Supposedly, it's where black masses were conducted in the, you know, it's a very, very small place, so I guess one-room church. And there are upside-down crosses seen all throughout the building. There are all sorts of theories out there as to why this is. Uh, some say that the church is the place, again, where satanic worshippers sort of began to populate after the residents had to move out. And others actually say that the satanists actually hide out in the woods, just off the closed-down roads essentially waiting for people and visitors to come by. Some accounts say to recruit them, others say to attack them. It kind of varies. Overall, though, it just says, like, be safe. But, you know. Now, in relation to these closed-down, you know, roads that go to nowhere, there are two roads through Helltown that are both labeled as essentially dead ends even though you can watch them you know continue onwards out into the distance legend says that you know these satanic cults put up these signs in order to keep people away from their hideouts sort of you know keep them safe to keep people away one of these roads is stanford road and this is actually one of the main roads that cuts through helltown and it's sometimes referred to as the end of the world or the highway to hell. It is a twisting and rather dangerous road that has a lot of very sharp inclines, very steep sections, and a uh, sort of very steep crust at the top of a hill that if you are not looking, or if you're looking from a very far distance, it looks as though you're about to run off a cliff, essentially, hence the name The End of the World. There are some stories that indicate that the road itself is actually evil and is known to quote-unquote possess your vehicle uh causing there to be you know fatal accidents cars to run off the road people to you know lose control of their vehicle for no apparent reason and it is also said that if you park your car at the end of stanford road you may be met with some rather creepy sensations of hands and random strangers sort of patrolling the area essentially coming up to check out your car now this particular part comes from a few stories of people going to the location to explore helltown and coming back in order to find like random people looking into the windows of their cars while they're not there and as they approach closer they spooks the people and they run off into the woods which is arguably one of the most terrifying things i could imagine uh just being in the woods watching as someone is like scouting out your car. Uh, no, I would not. I would not be okay with that. 
Okay, so the next location that we're going to talk about is actually that cemetery that was mentioned. The There are a lot of legends in relation to it. This is actually known as Boston Cemetery. And it sits pretty much deep into the middle of the area known as Helltown. Helltown kind of extends a little bit out past the settlement itself. But it's very, you know, in the epicenter of all of it. And a lot of these stories involve the tales of a ghost who still resides in the cemetery to this day and would go walk over uh, to a bench and sit down and pretty much stare out into space. Just blank staring out into nothing, doesn't really interact with anyone, doesn't really notice anyone, but the legend goes that he is waiting for his family to come back to him. And this kind of plays into most of the Boston Cemetery stories. Again, Everyone had to vacate the town, but they had a full cemetery there, and the settlement was there for almost 200 years at that point, consistently lived in, and the cemetery was not relocated. The bodies were kept there, the graves were kept there, and so the legend goes that a lot of the spirits of these individuals who are buried on the location still linger about now because their families are essentially gone and no one visits them no one really remembers them entirely and the families that lived in the same town as them have now since moved on leaving them behind and we're going to move from a somber note to a bit more of a creepier note with the next sort of haunted location and landmark of helltown And that is the haunted school bus that I mentioned earlier. So the haunted school bus is actually a school bus where all of the seats were actually removed. And it sits on the edge of the woods in Helltown, again, nearby a uh, local resident's house. And uh, legend has it that the kids that were, you know, hauled in for one last trip were actually killed by a crazed killer or a bunch of, you know, crazy killers at once. And that that bus was just kept there and abandoned and everyone wanted to forget. They sometimes say that you can see either the spirits of the children still trapped inside or in some instances, the spirits of their killers. It is often uh, reported that a grown male spirit is seen within the bus He is spotted in the back of the bus smoking a cigarette. Uh, Again, there's no seats on this bus, but he kind of lingers back there. Ghost hunters and paranormal enthusiasts who go to the location have supposedly also captured photos of what appears to be children and random faceless individuals in the windows of the bus while they're outside. Again, I would take that with some grain of salt because that could just easily be like pareidolia i can't even pronounce that a distortion of the mind uh for the photographs but it is you know potential evidence that people are reporting that they have captured and finally for some haunted locations i have a sort of list of extra oddities because these ones are not as in-depth and not as prominent but they are still supposedly haunted nonetheless So, first off, we have a haunted car, because a lot of these places have those. But, interestingly enough, Helltown has a phantom hearse. That's right. So, there are potential reports that an old resident used to actually drive around in a hearse. However, I 
can't really confirm this, but there are a small handful of locals who claim that they have actually been chased down by a phantom or spectral hearse only for it to very quickly disappear after they try to speed away from it. Of all the vehicles to be chased down by, I don't believe that the hearse is the most intimidating, but at the same time, it's also very creepy that a hearse is the thing that's chasing you down in the dead of night in an abandoned town in the middle of the woods. I would not be okay with that. So next, we actually have a location pretty close by to the cemetery that we just talked about, and this is the slaughterhouse that was mentioned at the top of the episode. So technically speaking, through historical reports and details, the slaughterhouse is very much just a part of a larger barn, but in particular for this story, what we're going to be talking about, it's just the slaughterhouse section. And uh, the slaughterhouse section is to believe to be haunted, again, as all these little oddity locations are. And you are supposedly able to see the faces of random individuals through the windows at night. Again, this is while you're outside of the slaughterhouse, looking inwards, you're able to sort of see people essentially watching you from inside, which is very creepy. And last for the supposedly haunted locations of Helltown, we have an abandoned house. And that's it. Um, Abandoned houses are pretty much all you can expect when it comes to Helltown. However, there are some local reports that say that there is one that is haunted. However, they don't really go into too much detail uh, explaining which one is the haunted abandoned house. However, there is uh, a potential... I believe there... Actually, not even potential. I believe it did take place. A man who committed suicide in Helltown back in 2004. And he did it, supposedly, in one of these abandoned houses. This kind of leads to the story that some of them are haunted. But again, we don't know which one is haunted. And we don't really know any details about it. So the last little thing I want to talk about is sort of like one of the bigger urban legends and stories that comes out of Helltown. And this is in relation to a chemical spill slash government cover-up, potentially. So, Mutant Town or Mutane Town are two alternative names in relation to Helltown and the area itself. The area seems to be called Mutant Town when or around the time of the acquisition in 1974 so very close to when people started being pushed out with the government involvement and the no trespassing signs being put up all over the place a lot of rumors started circulating in relation to there being a sort of chemical spill or dumping ground in that area that the government was trying to essentially cover up and push aside by masking it in the relation of converting the town into a recreational area or national park. So as the story goes, the Creek, the Creaky family, I'm probably pronouncing their name wrong, owned a private sort of dump in the area not far from Helltown. And uh, the Creaky dump was part of the land that was sold to the park uh, services back in 1974. Again, that's how the story, or the the time period in which the story kind of picked up. 
However, the park, the National Park Services did not acquire the land until about 10 years later in 1985. This is when authorities thought that the land was, you know, just a dump, a simple like junkyard that was used by this family and by locals. But park rangers started to report very strange odors. They were having odd sensations. They were reporting headaches and sort of mysterious rashes that were coming over their body. One ranger actually became so physically ill that he began vomiting profusely while he was collecting old bottles. Um, and it was just bad. Like People were getting sick. People were not sure what was going on. And the Environmental Protection Agency actually became involved and ran tests in the area. It was discovered that there were several highly toxic substances found in the soil and in the surrounding area and that were emitting from thousands of drums of chemicals that were dumped in the area by major companies. The site was closed down and a cleanup effort was started, but it was never finished. Now, the chemical spill is said to have caused mutations for, you know, local children in the form of illnesses and disorders, as well as mutating the wildlife of the area, like animals and plants, and even the peninsula python, which is a thing that we're about to talk about, but is a giant snake that sort of stalks the area. So the peninsula python and the sightings. Like I said, this is a gigantic, gigantic snake. Think like Amazon python type thing, but bigger. And the peninsula python, how it got its name, it's a rather elusive and very rarely spotted animal. And a lot of the appearances actually are in relation to the 1940s. Clarence Mitchell is a local man and actually I believe one of the first people to have spotted the python reported seeing a 18 foot long snake crawling through the cornfields near Peninsula Ohio hence how it got the name Peninsula Python and this took place on June 8th in 1944 now several days later after numerous reports and you know constant heckling from Mitchell a posse was eventually formed on June 25th, so about like two weeks or so, yet they were not able to find any definitive evidence of the snake aside from uh, broken you know, branches and trails that led into the Kaihu River at that time. Now, reports of the large snake were made up until and pretty much throughout August, throughout you know, the entire valley area from residents and locals and people visiting. This included a Pauline Hopko who spotted the serpent slithering through the uh, willow tree in her backyard. The snake actually frightened her cow and you know, cattles of the area so much that they actually broke loose and ran off into the fields. This being said, a rather good explanation for you know, these serpent sightings might not actually have to do with the chemical spills, but rather uh, a story that comes from the 1930s. This is actually in relation to an escaped snake from a carnival truck that supposedly crashed in the area back in 1934, and the snake was never recovered, so it is a potential good culprit. 
I don't know how long pythons live for. Actually, let me see if I can do a quick Google check right now. Pythons lifespan. Hmm. Okay then, I just did a quick Google search and actually this could be an explanation. So if the crash took place in 1934, and there were sightings of a very large python in 1944. The average lifespan, at least of like the ball python and stuff like that, they they range from like 25 to 30 years. So it, it could very easily have been the the snake that escaped during the, the car crash. So I, I didn't know that when putting the notes together, but that's actually rather interesting. So... That's a lot of the stories uh, that come out of Helltown, aside from, you know, creepy stuff in general. It's, it's the woods, it's abandoned, all that stuff. But to sort of wrap up and conclude the sort of myths surrounding Helltown, I have to pretty firmly state that a lot of them are very easily refuted. For instance, the small, you know, potentially satanic church with the upside down crosses uh, you know all over it it's actually pretty common for that architectural style i believe it was like a gothic style chosen for that building and it just happens to be that the architecture looks like upside down crosses it's not rooted in satanic activity now i can't say for certain that you know teens trying to be satanists were not in the location. I'm just saying that the church itself was not originally built for that purpose. Furthermore, the haunted bus that was supposedly, you know, haunted by the slain victims of a crazed killer, um, that's actually not the case. So the haunted bus actually was a location used by a local family, hence why it was positioned in front of their home. And they actually lived in the bus for a short period of time. Why, again, hence why the seats were all taken out. And this was due to their house being, you know, temporary, temporarily under construction. So they were not able to live in the house. So they moved outside and lived in the, or slept in at the very least, the school bus. So these explanations, of course, they don't diminish the sort of, enthusiasm that a lot of people have for the legends particularly locals and people that know the area and it doesn't you know by any means mitigate the sort of unusual occurrences or just bizarreness that Helltown has for instance you know like the python that we mentioned it could easily be explained by that escaped snake or another escaped snake um, but locals nonetheless still celebrate python day uh, in in honor of this supposedly legendary giant snake that still resides in the area. And all the more, like, it's just one of those spooky locations that kind of stuck around throughout history. Unfortunately, though, come the summer of 2016, so fairly recently, all the abandoned houses and structures that once made up Helltown, unfortunately, were torn down. So that includes all the abandoned houses, the supposedly haunted house, I believe the slaughterhouse and the barn were taken down. I don't know about the church 100%, but from what I can understand, it's pretty much all the buildings and all the structures. And it's now 
more officially a national park that sort of enveloped it and it leaves very little of what was once there. Nonetheless, though, you can still visit and explore the location for yourself, perhaps to find some of the strange ener energies that may have lingered. Unfortunately, though, you're not going to be able to explore, you know, like the haunted bus or the church and all these locations. I believe the graveyard might still be there. I did not see any reports of them relocating bodies. Uh, so the Boston Cemetery should still be in that area for you to explore. But overall, though, there's just not a whole lot left. It would have been nice to know about this story years ago. Obviously, I'm in Pennsylvania, so technically we're, we're right next to Ohio, but where I am in PA, getting to the other side of PA is like, a 12 mile fucking ride i don't know how it is it just is so getting here in ohio would be like a day trip just to drive so we'll see <laughs> um, i believe this location overall is rather close to cincinnati from what i can understand so if you are interested look it up again it's a national park so you're more than welcome to go and explore on your own it's you know open to the public i believe you just have to like let them know you're there otherwise I'm pretty sure you have like free reign, it's a national park, it's public land, that sort of stuff. But otherwise though, that is Helltown, the town that was forgotten, the haunted town of Ohio, and just a lot of urban legends associated to that place. Otherwise though, I have nothing else to talk about, but if you guys have your own stories, if you're local from that area and you want to talk about it, please, please, please feel free to reach out. You can reach out over social media. I'm on all platforms as Realm of Unknown. You can reach me via email at realmofunknown at gmail.com or you can reach out via the website uh, and fill out the contact form. It will get to me as well. Once more, again, you know, check out the social medias, but feel free to check out the Patreon if you are curious about supporting the podcast. And if you want some more of the Good Good Podcast, after this, you're listening to this right now, there is going to be a bonus episode uploaded to the Patreon, literally right now. So if you are interested in some bonus content and you want to continue supporting the podcast for more stuff to come out and some more stories and you know just better overall everything, go over there. It's patreon.com slash realm of unknown. And if you can't support the podcast financially, leaving a review would mean a whole heck of a lot. We got some really nice reviews over on Apple Podcasts recently, so I want to say thank you to everyone. But it really does mean a lot to get some reviews, especially, especially since I'm very bad with uploading, so the algorithm probably hates me. And getting a nice little five-star review goes a immense, immense way to help it out. But otherwise, though, guys, I keep saying otherwise, I hope you guys are having a good start to the fall and the spooky season. I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing for October this year. We'll see. But moving forward, I do have some interesting topics that I want to get off the plate. So maybe I'll be pushing those into October and then... We'll see where it goes from there. I'll keep you guys posted over on social media. And I'll keep you guys posted with these up, uh, episode uploads as well. But for now, it's kind of up in the air. But I do hope you enjoy it. And I hope you guys got to go somewhere spooky. Get to go somewhere, you know, nature-driven to see the, the leaves change. And just have a great autumn overall. All right, guys. I hope you guys had a great time. I hope to see you guys next week. And until then, remember to stay spooky. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.